We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in X's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody, to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. And man, slow news weeks, huh? Can we just start with what we were just doing? Sure. Jay's Artisan Pizza. Jay's Artisan Pizza. So we had our mine and our friends, when I say our, Jessica and I, our friends, uh, Franny and Brennan. Brennan is getting neck surgery. So they came over with their brand new dog, which we're going to sit for next week. So they came over to, I guess we got to meet the dog. And then they also brought pizza from Jay's Artisan Pizza in Kenmore. And it's Drew's favorite, Detroit style. Okay. This is what I'll say about Detroit style pizza. As I told them, because even though I'm not one of, like, as me and Lacey will sometimes in poor taste joke about the pores, um, I have a thing where I can't throw food away. I blame my upbringing, but I can't throw food away. So I freeze a lot of pizza. There's a lot of frozen pizza slices in my freezer in, like, Ziploc vacuum sealed. Sometimes I've vacuum sealed pizza. And when you thaw that, the, the original sauce on it is, like, when you put that in the oven and toast that thing up, there's nothing there. The, the original sauce is garbage now. It's trashed. So you kind of have to put fresh sauce on the top of it in order to make it edible. So in that way, I've been kind of eating poor man's Detroit-style pizza for years. I don't hate Detroit-style pizza. What I don't like are the people who go, well, Detroit-style pizza is one of the best. False. If it was one of the best, 
everyone would do it this way. True or false, Chris? True. It wouldn't just be one city on the face of the fucking earth that's doing it this way. Also, Mark Smith, our attorney, has ruined that for me forever. Because of his insist Chris, you hit the nail on the head. If if you had said to Mark at any point in time, hey, you know what? I'm in the mood for Detroit pizza. He Detroit style. He'd go, oh, I know just the thing. And what would he do? Little Caesars. He would ru- He would drive past five Buffalo pizzerias in order to get Little Caesars. That's what he would do. And he'd go, well, it's Detroit. What, Pizza Hut also has a Detroit-style pizza? Yeah. I'd be shocked to hear Mark is, he hasn't tried that. Guys, Detroit-style pizza isn't terrible if it's executed appropriately. Jay's Artisan Pizza, what would you think, Chris? I thought pretty, it was pretty good. good. I like that. I like the sauce. Thick slice, sauce on top. It was pretty good. A little bit of crisp to the crust, but yep. not crunchy. So the amount of sauce that they put on it was the perfect amount because the, so- the the crust is still soft, chewy, but not gummy. It, it was cooked perfectly. I Jay's Artisan Pizza, guys, if you're in Kenmore, give the place a shot. It was amazing. It's Mark Smith who sucks and who has ruined Detroit-style pizza for everyone, everywhere, forever. Speaking of ruining everything, everywhere, forever, you almost ruined the cocktail of the week thing with your whatever the hell you made last week. That was brutal. Oh, you no, didn't, no, no, no. Two was two weeks, weeks ago, ago. Two weeks ago. I almost didn't want to come back for what was the sweet tea whiskey. Bourbon sweet tea. Pretty sure I got di- a little bit closer to diabetes from that, but guess what? That's the, price you, <clears throat> that's the price you pay when it comes to sweet tea. So with that in mind, I've got what's in this glass in front of me. Now, first of all, thank you for giving me an adult glass. Like, yeah. This is a glass that I... Due to all my insecurities, you know, obviously because I have a ton of them, <laughs> I feel comfortable drinking out of this glass. It's a yellowish liquor in color. For those of you who aren't watching us on YouTube, there's a lime wedge in it. It's yellow. I almost want to say that there's, but there's nothing floating in it, which means there's no fresh citrus streamed into it. I only put that lime wedge in there because we have a ton of limes. You just needed something. I took two limes to cut wedges for okay. you and I. I have the cocktail as well. And it doesn't have a scent. It doesn't smell like anything whatsoever. All right. Down the hatch. Hmm. Interesting. It's sort of a very, it's a very neutral cocktail. Not going to lie to you. It almost like it's like when you bite into honeydew. It's not it, it can't offend your palate because the flavor is so soft. And at the same time, it bright it's bright on your palate, so you kind of like you know that there's something there, but it's not potent enough to be offensive. What is this? I believe it is called a You believe? You're the guy who made it. Well, here, you tell me how to pronounce this. I believe this that this says Kenchanchara. Okay, is an IBA official cocktail made with Cuban Argu... This is made with white rum, honey syrup, and lime juice. I mean, it's drinkable, and now I understand what... See, now that I'm reading this, though, and it's one of those things where you know how subconsciously you'll taste something and not be able to identify it, and then you find out what it is, and you go, oh, no, that tracks uh, fresh... the, The honey? Yeah. That's why this drink is so nondescript. The honey in this goes right over the top of the rum, goes right over the top of the lime juice. What it is is it's very—it's a cocktail that's very honey-forward, 
that you get a, you don't taste any of the base spirit and instead you just get a little bit of it's like honey with lime that's it if i could describe it like if you were to roll a lime and honey and then take a bite out of it that's what you would get well it's interesting the book that i have where i got the cocktail out of it's like put all the ingredients in a rocks glass and stir it no you don't you're not supposed to stir citrus citrus has to be shaken so i shook these cocktails that's the only thing i that i did differently is is they were shaken because anytime write that down if you're listening to this anytime you're gonna make a cocktail and it has citrus in it you shake the goddamn thing that's what i did here it's delicious drinkable i haven't made many uh, rum cocktails for you this is one of those things where if it's a hot day and i'm outside this is good and it's good without being too sweet which i feel like there's a lot of like there's a lot of cocktails that people drink in the summer that borderline on that problem where it's too sugary it's too sweet i don't like that this is nice it walks that line of being like hey i'm a little bit sweetness forward but at the same time i'll still get you drunk and it's light well done chris for not knowing how to pronounce it, you still made a good one. Chris, if you want to, uh, how, how do you, if people are watching us on YouTube, put up just the picture and the pronunciation of that. If anyone knows how the fuck you say this, tweet I'm us pretty at Rock sh- Power. sure it's Ken Chinchara. Ken Chan. Yeah, Ken. Let me scroll up so you can see big letters. I'm never going to ask for that, though. Like, I'll never go into a bar. Can you make me a Ken Chanchara? C A N C H A N C H A R A. Hooked on Ken phonics Chanchara. worked for Chris. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Ken Chanchara. <laughs> I even watched the YouTube video before uh, we came back down here. You know who Hooked on Phonics didn't work for? You. Keyshawn Johnson. Ooh. <laughs> guys, the last couple of weeks we've been railing on this, and I love it, and it leads into some of our. Guys, we're here. We're doing the Bills News Update this week, but first, Chris, let's start it like this. Before you before you hit that sounder, let's talk about this for a second. For those of you who don't follow mainstream media, ESPN Radio used to be one of my favorite listens before uh, Odyssey brought in the BetQL network and took ESPN Radio on, out of the Buffalo market. So now that I don't get it, like right before I left it, like my morning radio show used to be t- Trey Wingo and the, uh, what, the Golik? Yeah, Wingo and Golik. Wingo and Golik, which was fun. Fun show, right? I mean, I wouldn't listen to it. It was better than what, what, WGR? That's, that sounds I mean, fun. Howard and Jeremy did get kind of stale. I mean, I've been listening to more GR on my way home from work because... I've heard Nate Geary on there, and then they have, and then also, I think Joe DiBiase is the regular with Jeremy now. So you get a slight. I'd love to get dynamic. Joe in here just debate him. I go, Joe, I don't love you, and I don't hate you. You're just there. I'd love to bring him in here and have that conversation with him. All right, we maybe, can make it happen. We'll do that. We got time this summer. I I look at this though, and I go, I used to flip over as soon as they started taking callers. I would just flip over to ESPN Radio. Because those guys are so good, they don't need callers. Or at least that's what you'd think. So they got rid of T- Wingo and Golick, and they brought in J. Will and Zuban. I don't even know who the hell is. I got to Google. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zuban was the original show. Then Zuban got, I believe, he got ill. 
and he stepped aside. And then it was Keyshawn, J. Will, and Kellerman. And the three of them ran that morning show on ESPN Radio for at least two years. Today, they announced that the show has been canceled. (laughs) Another mainstream media fixture that's getting... Not not even fixture, because they didn't have a chance, but they had Morning Drive. Chris, you're in Morning Drive. Number one... uh, I believe it's the number one spot for uh, listenership. Yeah. You put that show in there, and after a couple years had to cancel it? That's a failure, isn't it? Yeah. Failure. Now, here's the funny thing. All of them remain... Now, you you said this to me earlier. All of them remain under contract with ESPN, right? Correct. Okay. They could be getting buyouts, because I know that is happening at ESPN with talent. Even though... Get this, even though people are, they're having buyouts at ESPN and people are getting fired, yet ESPN <clears throat> also offering $85 million contract to Pat McAfee because ESPN Radio has been shit ever since that they lost Colin Cowherd. So in order to now compete with Cowherd, they bring in Pat McAfee. But they're also doing layoffs. Well, they bring in Pat McAfee and they pay all that money and then they... Now, this is what I love. Stephen A. Smith explained not that long ago why he wanted Max Kellerman off his show, right? The whole first, he's like, I can't work with this guy. Oh, yeah, he said yeah. it was just chemistry. He goes, Max Kellerman and I did not work for me. It was not a show I wanted to be a part of. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith will never not be a part of ESPN, right? Like, he'll leave on his own terms. Yeah. He's probably one of the last of the old guard. Yeah. Max Kellerman now has no show, an $8 million salary. You don't think they're going to buy him out? I mean, even if he's not on ESPN, he's going to be fine because he's he is the guy when it comes to boxing analysis. He's at, he's on HBO. He, he'll be fine doing boxing commentating. Dude, what was this? Johnson, so Keyshawn Johnson is a four-year, $18 million deal. He just signed it last year. <laughs> like, they're talking about him maybe leaving to go to Fox and join Skip Bayless, which would be fucking hilarious, because that show would last even less. Like, Shannon Sharp, say what you want about him. He's more articulate than Keyshawn Johnson. I I did not think of that for coming in for... uh <laughs> Max Kellerman. Yep. Or so for to taking over Shannon Sharp and debating Skip Bayless. So now Max Kellerman, what do you do? What's your job? You you, you had the flag, you had the flagship job at ESPN. And you got fired. I wouldn't call it flagship, but I mean that's, ESPN has that's been, what Sports Illustrated calling it. ESPN has been flailing at radio ever since that they got rid of uh, Golick. Greeny and Golick, and then Colin Cowherd, and I forget who their afternoon was. It might have been Doug Gottlieb was at one point their afternoon. Well, they had ESPN used to have a murderer's row of radio lineup, and then they just Aaron Hernandez trashed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's just it's in poor taste, but it's also on the top of my head because we just watched Jack Jones get arrested. Get arrested for gun, gun at the airport charges after tweeting at somebody else. John Morant. 
the, life's funny sometimes, right? Yeah. Life is just funny sometimes. Just don't play with guns on Instagram Live. It's not hard. How about this? Just don't take your firearms out in public. Do you yeah. know how many times I've been arrested for having my firearms out in public? No, just keep, Zero. Them, in, just keep them in your ceiling. <laughs> Zero, because I have no need for this. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. It's hilarious that these millionaires can't figure this out. But so that leads me to this. This is where this is our intro, right? As we craft a podcast for you all, the deserving masses. There's a lot of people getting fired and shuffled around in media these days. A lot of it's because you're just not that fucking good. And then some of it's because you're, again, like the Ross Tuckers of the world, you engage in, like, you create false narratives simply for attention. And that brings us to, well, what, what's this asshole's name? His full name, because I always fuck this up. It's Carton, but what is it? Craig Carton. Craig it's Carton. Not, not hard. Okay, this was Craig Carton. On what platform? He was on, it's on his own show, the, the Carton Show on FS1. Here's the truth. They asked him to restructure his contract. He did, but he wanted to know, if I'm saving you guys money under the cap, why am I doing it? Who are you going after? Uh-huh. He suggested, I'm willing to restructure my contract. You go get DeAndre Hopkins, who is available. Because if I can be on one side of the field and D-Hop is on the other, I will see fewer double teams. And yeah, my numbers get better, and we're a more dangerous team. That's what he's upset about. That was Craig Carton on FS1 talking about why Stephon Diggs is angry with the Buffalo Bills. Chris, I can just make shit up here, too. Provably false narratives. And he's not the only one. Who was it? Uh, oh, my God. The other guy. It doesn't fucking matter. There was another major media member. I think it was from NBC. Who was Mike ta- Florio? Uh, Mike Florio. Ta- no, someone was talking to Pat McAfee about the situation. And everyone's oh, like, why oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Michael Lombardi. They go, why are you giving this guy a platform? He's... In the not only is he incorrect, but he's also admitted that he made things up in the past. This is where we this is where we live now, Chris. We live in an era. Do these guys wonder why they're constantly getting fired? Well, I mean, ESPN is a hundred percent a cost cutting measure, but this is the thing. This is what's difficult for us as Bills fans to take in because. When have we ever been national media topics? This is all new to us, that we get talked about on on the national level because we're good now. And whether it's Cowherd with his uh, offensive line, they haven't built an offensive line, they have a defensive coach, that's why they don't make the Super Bowl, or Craig Carton, a Stefan Diggs wanted to make sure we get D Hop on a restructure when what we didn't need to uh he didn't need to be like notified or sign anything on the restructure. It was just something you could activate within his yeah. contract. Yeah, he it's, did it's it's hard They to, never went to him. That conversation never took place. It is he hard. literally goes, Hey, we restructured your contract, just an FYI. Your agent will notify you. Hey, there was no conversation. Like, it's provably false. It's patently false, as they would call it. And yet these guys are on national TV. And so I'm supposed to shed, what, crocodile tears when I see them lose their fucking jobs? 
I'm not. I'm, a, supposed to I'm feel not. Bad a, for I'm not assholes. a scientist, but correct me if I'm wrong. When generally, in a general sense, when I hear so and so contract restructured, that essentially means they get more money now, and it makes them more difficult to cut later. Yeah. So what? What? What the? F- it's Chris. It's the. It's the epitome of stupidity. I can't get past it, and I don't... Like, Craig Carton's next. Didn't you say you used to work for WGR? Yeah, I texted you that he started at GR in 91. See? Fucking WGR. But you know he went to jail, right? <laughs> you didn't know that? Please tell me for what. What? Take a... I'll pull it up, and I'll have... Hang, hang on. Pull up just a picture of him, and let me look at him. Let me get a good look at a headshot of him. Put him up uh, here on my monitor in front of me. And... Let me guess what he'd... Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know. He... He looks like... if He looks like what would happen if you microwaved Daryl Talley. Like if you microwaved Daryl Talley, you get Craig Carton. There's his arrest. He was convicted of fraud. Oh, see? I was going to say he's... I was going to say he was scalping tickets somewhere. Hang on. He was criminal securities fraud, wire fraud, and conspiracy to commit those offenses. <laughs> yeah, he was involved in like a ticketing scheme. Oh, good. So that so so a known liar, a known fraudster, is allowed to talk about the Buffalo Bills on national TV. Yeah, yeah. He had, and he also had to go to uh, like Gamblers Anonymous <laughs> for gambling. Kind of slap on the wrist. Pussy fucking, oh my god. But how nuts is it that he leaves? <laughs> he leaves he, prison he was, and just walks into a seven-figure deal at FS1. Because he took over for Joe Benino on WFAN. and Really? Yeah, and that was, what, two or three years ago? And now he had just left uh, Carton and roberts on wfan to do his morning show full-time because he was doing the morning show and then doing the afternoon shit with evan roberts here's what i'll say after receiving an indefinite suspension from wfan fuck that guy Diggs is def he's he's dominant this is how ubiquitous the bills have become and we as fans christopher as mad as i want to get about this we should embrace it right yeah because Diggs is dominating the headlines. Meanwhile, there's real noteworthy shit to talk about. There are real, hang on, there are real holdouts around the NFL. There's Chris Jones, who isn't reporting and probably won't report to camp without a new deal. Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow's already said he's going to do all the right. Herbert might be holding in. trying to force the issue. Chris, if you're a quarterback... Do you think Herbert is as good or better than Allen or Burrow? I will say this. Herbert could be there with proper coaching. Okay. But right now, no. in the situation he's in, is he better? No. Then your agents have the right... This is the move, then. You hold. You stage a hold-in. You show up so that you don't get fined, and it doesn't become a distraction, but you don't practice and you don't touch that field again until you have a contract. Makes sense. Because you want to make sure that they don't forget. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, I know what. They know I'm not top three, top four. Like, what, what What are the top four in the NFL right now? If you had to rank it, it's probably Hurts, 
Like somewhere in here in this top four mix, it's Burrow, Allen, Hurts, and Mahomes. And nah, I wouldn't put Hurts in there. I know he just won a Super Bowl. You can't argue with the results, dude. Now, Hulk it. You can't this, argue with the contract. That's the thing, though. He, you can't argue the contract. This year, because what, this was, was this not his, what, first, second year as a full-time starter? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Was it first or second? Who hurts? Yeah, first or second year as a, third. as a full-time starter. Maybe second as a full-time starter. Okay, it's a full-time starter. You know what? There's tape on him. He's going to get figured out. Guarantee it. I'll put a Seagram's on that. That he, oh, that he gets. He is it down here? Yeah, he gets. He gets figured out. I'm that, taking that Seagram's bet to gets, the bank. He gets figured out. Holy he, shit! He gets figured out this year, guys. It. He's like. He's like. Uh, Chris is showing his ass out here. No, no, no. He's like. He's like. Um, God, I'm trying to think of an analogy because he's like a Lamar Jackson light. Like Lamar Jackson had that MVP season. Did you just? And Jalen then he, Hurts is a way better passer than Lamar Jackson will ever be. He's gonna get figured out. Okay, noted. He's gonna get figured out. Put it on the board right now that I we we're gonna set benchmarks All for right. this, but you already agreed to it. Yeah, the people know it. So now it's, here's, it's, what, it's, here's it's, what I'll it's say: Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, and then I'd probably put Her- Herbert is like fifth. Other teams have real issues. How about this? Tyreek Hill slapping a dude and now having charges pressed against him. Who? What are you, a midget Rick James? That's yeah. not how the world works. You can't just walk around slapping people. That was cold-blooded. He just walked it off. <laughs> just walked it off like that. How do you... Listen, like, Willie McGinnis is getting investigated... Like he he was like so he got fired from NFL Network for beating that guy up on the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, clearly unprovoked. He was the provocateur. He's now being investigated for another incident of assault where he beat up a guy at the gym. Do you know how crazy it is that you you punched a guy fifty times at the gym? The whole reason you go to the gym is to let out your animosity on the weights. You don't have to fight the people in the room with you. This guy's clearly unhinged. Like, by unhinged we mean CTE. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that to quote the late Charlie Murphy, you don't slap a man. <laughs> you don't slap. You fight a man. You don't slap a man. Here's Tyreek Hill because he's five foot ten slapping men in public. That's somehow not as big of a storyline, according to the national media, as Stefan Diggs. Pitching a fit against a bad offensive coordinator and a coach that, I don't know, maybe needs a wake-up call. Chris, it's crazy what sports news has become for Bills fans. And that's why I like to get together and we get to do this. I'll bring you this week's Bills News Update. It was announced that Eric Washington has been promoted to assistant head coach. And that might seem like a small thing, innocuous, just this, hey, some guy got a title and what, but I, I think it's important to take a look at what this means for our football team and what it means for the philosophy of this team, especially if you're someone who wants to see this team succeed. Here's what I watch 
When Leslie Frazier was hired here, Chris, he was given the title of assistant head coach. Yep. Now, usually assistant head coach is like, like, look at Brandon Bean. He's here because he was the AGM in Carolina. Yeah. We lost our AGM a year or two ago to Houston, who then fired him, and then he came back to Buffalo. Then we lost Joe Shane to the Giants. Yep. Who was another upper echelon member of our staff. You you don't just give out these titles for no reason. These titles get handed out because it is your stepping stone to the next thing. Right? And it also implies that the coach of that football team relies on you to be his right-hand man. So what I don't... like like I guess it's nice, like... We had Leslie Frazier. He's now picked Eric Washington. Eric Washington is a longtime veteran of the NFL, right? Played, then coached. You know, he coached in college, coached the Bears. Then he goes to the Panthers, and that's where he meets Sean McDermott. Hired by Carolina in 2011. He's there when Sean McDermott shows up after he gets fired from the Eagles. He goes there to be D.C., Becomes the coordinator and gets, he gets familiar with Sean McDermott. So then goes on to be the Carolina Panthers defensive coordinator after McDermott leaves. He gets promoted into that role. So obviously, Chris, people think highly of him. Yeah. Then that doesn't work out. So when he leaves the Panthers in 2019, when that gets blown up, he comes to Buffalo as the defensive line coach because McDermott goes, I know you. I trust you, whatever, whatever. Now here we are in 2023. He's the defensive line coach and assistant head coach. Don't we always talk about how your staff is full of guys you trust? Yeah. What I don't like about this move, Chris, our defensive line has been okay, right? Yeah. It's it's twofold. How many of these young project players have we developed? I mean, Ed Oliver, I would say, had a step back last year or has not grown into what we had hoped. The pterodactyl, Darrell Williams? Gone. Daryl Johnson. Daryl Johnson. A.J. Epinesa? Not that good. Boogie Basham. Creed Humphrey. (sighs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. You got to take me there, huh? You're going to do this to me? On I'll podcast? do it all the time. I wish I had a pillow to scream into every time someone brings up the Boogie Basham over Creed Humphrey pick. Just a pillow like Anthony Cumia at the casino. Yeah. It's it's famed that he goes to the, he goes there and he plays five-handed blackjack. Him alone at a table. He's like each hand, he's like each round that I play could buy a car. <laughs> and when I lose, he goes, they have a pillow waiting for me to scream into so I don't disrupt the other gamblers. <laughs> and, and it's like, no, no, this is this is the behavior of an unhinged man. I want to do that every time someone brings up the fact that we could have had Creed Humphrey instead of Boogie Basham. So what has he developed here? Like, what would you say you, you do, do here? And yet you're now the assistant head coach. And then I take a, f- a deeper look into it and I go, fuck, this is a team that has with a quarterback like ours, all of the potential in the world. If you just got a little bit more creative on offense, if you just took some, if the coach was willing to take some of the cutthroat offensive ability that some of the great offensive coaches recently have had, Doug Peterson, Nick Sirianni, uh, Zach Taylor, McVay, Andy Reid, to have that cutthroat offensive mentality, to embrace what that looks like, you haven't done it. And then when you have an opportunity, what you do is you bring in one more defensive fucking guy to get in your ear and be your right-hand man. One more super slow, super steady fucking guy. It just... It's just... It it hurts my feelings as a fan because I go... I wanted to think that this coach was capable of changing at the most critical moments. And I don't think he can, he will never defer to offensive minds. He will always stay the course with what he knows and what he trusts the guys he knows and trusts. I'm telling you right now, anyone expecting that these things, this dynamic is going to get better going into next season. This is a sign that it will not because his chosen right hand man is not of the offensive persuasion, is not someone who will be cutthroat when he's going to have that same... Chris, how many defensive coordinators have won a Super Bowl recently? Defensive coordinators turned coaches how many Super Bowls recently? Look at this. Give me a goog on recent Super Bowl winning coaches. Or just Super Bowl winners. I can figure out the coaches. Yeah, we'll get there. This is Super Bowl champions. Here we go. Wikipedia. Bang. Give it to me. Come on now. All right, here we go. Uh, Kansas City, Andy Reid. Great. We know who that is. Uh, the L.A. Rams, McVay. Great. Uh, the Buccaneers with uh, Bruce, Arians. Bruce Arians. Offensive mind. So it was New England, Belichick in 2019. Okay, so Belichick with Brady, the best to ever do it. And, hey, what was the final score of that game? Oh, 10-3. Uh, to 3. <laughs> Right? So you mean to tell me? 13 to 3. So because he figured out a hack on the opposing quarterback. Remember that? Where he was like, oh, 
he gets all of his coaching from the court from the guy so we're gonna shift every like at 15 seconds we're gonna move and he can't figure our picture out and we're gonna stymie him and they did they did but it was a trick so the last defensive coach to win a super bowl was four years ago five years ago and he tricked his way into it after that though the patriots were like what the Eagles? Seahawks. No, Eagles had... Um, Eagles? No, it was the Seahawks. Eagles had uh, Doug Peterson. Yep. No, no. So it was the Seahawks had Pete Carroll. He's a defensive coach. Yep. So 2014, defensive and the, coach. And the Denver Broncos. Nope, that was uh, Gary Kubiak. No, that's my point. Like, Gary, offensive coaches yeah. all the way down. Defensive coaches don't win Super Bowls very often anymore. Why? Because I think it's a mindset. Of this thing of, I know my system, my system will work. You have a defensive structure and you maintain it and you just trust that over the course of, what, Chris, 40 snaps on a given drive? Yeah. Nah, that's crazy. Maybe 20 snaps per drive or 15 snaps, depending on how the drive goes. You trust your system will work, and you just rely on what you know and what you think, and you go, listen, I'll put my guys in positions. Even if they burn us for a first down here and there, it doesn't matter. Stick to the script. On offense, you can't afford to do that. You have to be cutthroat in order to win now, especially when you have weapons. The team that has more weapons and is willing to be cutthroat will always win. And the Bills are never going to be there if we are not willing to embrace that. And I hate the fact that he's insulating himself with more defensive ideology. More guys who are going to defer to this kind of thinking. You could have done yourself a lot of favors by naming someone on the offensive side of the ball assistant head coach. Giving them a broader voice in the room. When you have one of the top three talents at quarterback in the NFL, one of the best wide receivers, you have skilled players all over the place, and yet you're not willing to embrace offensive inclusion in that coaching inner circle. I just I don't like it. I don't like it, and I'm. It, it frustrates me. I know that there are people who will point to this and say, "Well, it's a, it's a, it's a again, it's a win." And I will say, I will admit this: it is a win, Chris, for minority coaches getting a leg up. Yeah, but at the same time, for philosophical reasons, I can't help but just shake my head at the, this decision because what it does is it tells me. That you haven't learned anything. You haven't learned yet. And that maybe you never will when it comes to what it takes to win football in 2023. Then there comes the conversation about tickets. We're going to change gears here. So news got leaked that everyone goes, well, you know, the season ticket holder base is what, Chris, 60,000? Yeah. And they go, well, the stadium's 63,000, so there's 3,000 people who won't be season ticket holders who are kind of what are... Well, then the team kind of let it slip that they wanted to preserve some tickets for the open market, so they'd be shaving off another 10,000 people. And it was met with what you would expect. Now, Chris, how do you feel about that? I mean... I'll go upstairs right now and get cash and pay double for whatever our PSL is going to be. This is what I look at, though, and I I think to myself, I know they've talked about having a standing room only area that doesn't account for this ticket 
like, like Chris, there's baseball parks you've been to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that have standing room, right? Yeah, there. PNC well, in Pittsburgh has there. They had this at Phillips Arena, or, or I don't even. I think it's State Farm Arena now, but whatever. Thrashers at the. So if you're if you're think of it like this, if you're inside Key Bank Center, and you go to the top of the 100 section, mm-hmm. and then there was just an open bar that spanned literally across the net. Across the entire goal line for like five sections. People would, you would go buy tickets in the 300 or 400 section for like 10 bucks, but then you would get there early enough to where you get a seat at the bar. And so you're sitting at like the top of the 100 level <laughs> at a, at a bar top overlooking the rest of the rink, which is like the standing room only. Thing that they had at Phillips Arena for Thrasher games, but that never be- came to be a thing because guess what? Nobody ever wanted to go watch the <laughs> fucking Atlanta Thrashers. <laughs> but so for the Buffalo Bills, you could see where this standing room only thing would become like a vehicle for foot traffic, right? Yeah. There's a lot of people who are going to pack that place out. With that in mind, it is interesting to know that they are going to shave another 10,000 fans off the season ticket holder list of people who think they're safe. I'm starting to get nervous about us. And I have a decade of seniority. Allegedly. Well, we had to change, so it's like seven years. Because a couple years in, my buddy decided to have a bunch of kids and... They had to transfer the name. Had to transfer it. So now I've got about seven years of seniority. Maybe even eight now. Now now it's like eight or nine. Now that I'm thinking about it in the timeline of things, it's like eight or nine. But the reality is, is that that might not be good enough. <laughs> that might not be enough to make the cut, Chris. I wonder where we're going to fall on this. I mean, however it goes, I'm not I'm not worried about it. What I know is, is that it will be a better experience for the people who can go. The fact that it exists in its skirt. Dude, if we fucking get cut out and I'm going to have to... <laughs> Go in and change our intro to former Bills season ticket holder. Former Drew Gear. I will hundred percent do that if if need oh, be. No. But I, I oh, don't want to. You think I'm not going to intro us as that every week? Former season ticket holder. <laughs> just at least for the first six months, right? Just out of just out of shade. But at the same time, I get it. They want to have tickets that they can sell on the open market. Because they see what's happening. I think the team sees what's happening on the secondary market. They go, if we pack this place out with season ticket holders and then those guys just make a profit off it, why can't we make that profit direct? I just, I, it's one of those things. It's going to drive everybody crazy. I'm not trying to be a fanboy for the football team. I'm not trying to carry water for them. I get it. It's just frustrating to hear that they're going to, that they're going to cut that out. And that there's more people. Now, Chris, maybe PSLs really do alienate that many fans. Oh, it's definitely going to. Like, that almost tells me that they expect that it's going to alienate a bunch of people. There's going to be a pr- there, there's going to be a price where people are going to have to exit. When PSLs come out, there will be a significant chunk of fans, especially the ones who have only had their season tickets because they maintained grandma's tickets for the last 40 years. And now they go, well, we've had these since the stadium opened and it's been... Wait, we actually have to put up cash for this? Well, I'm not doing that. Cash and then... 
So you will say, or what they'll do is they'll shrink. So someone who has six seats will say, well, I still want them, but I'll take two. <laughs> You're going to see a contraction naturally because of economic Darwinism. I'm interested to see how this goes, and I'm sure once we have Ryan Lacell back on the podcast to talk to us about this in more detail, once we see a little bit more of the picture, it's going to be fun. Like in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do some more stadium skewed podcasts. Chris, you've got some well, some some leads. I have a source on you the have stadium. A source? I have a hey. source on stadium construction. Hey, hashtag sources. Yes, <laughs> we can use. That's a, that's something that will never get old. We I can, will never forget. Yeah, we hashtag can use... Hashtag sources. Hashtag sources. I'll, look, I'm getting up right now. Pierre. I'm getting up right now to show you show you a text message. Look at it. What do you think that is? Oh, fuck. Give me that. What do you think? Describe what that is. Oh, my God. He's literally looking at the skeleton. Chris, on his phone... Had, no, you don't get to take that away from me that easily. I'll I'll bite you. Chris has on his phone the schematics of the new stadium. Holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Let's do this thing. God. I Chris, aren't we having fun down here? Yeah, it's You know you know what I I text my source. Huh. I will read it to you. Hold on. He sent me those photos. And I go, wait a second. You didn't do this in Windows Paint? <laughs> yeah. So I got a source on the stadium. You're welcome. Thank you. Look at this, guys. The Rock Power Report making moves. Now, it's funny that we're talking about tickets, things being a fiasco, because a little bird told me, a little bird app told me that... uh People trying to get tickets to the London game? Chris, does it or does it not sound like that was a shit show? Sounded like, look at this from, uh, yeah, was, look at Joe Miller, friend of the show, Joe Miller. hours ago, Joe Miller, back when season ticket holders had their window to buy, we were not planning on going, so I never registered nor bought tickets to make money on. Now we have decided to go and have already bought flights. And this is what I get for being a nice guy. He signed up for the queue. Chris, how many people are ahead of him? 405,842. <laughs> how are 400,000 people trying to go to a single Bills game? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's right, because, because we're everywhere. We're like the wind. Bills Mafia is ubiquitous. In fact, I told somebody that I told somebody that at work the other day. I go, listen. When I used to repo cars, I would tell people, "Listen, I'm everywhere. I'll be no matter where you go, you can't outrun me. So you might as well just give up your car voluntarily because I'm everywhere. I'm like the wind. And when I find you, we'll do this the easy way or the hard way. You can either give it up voluntarily, and that's the hard way because I have to do a mountain of paperwork now that you voluntarily surrendered your vehicle." Or you could just let the let our repo hired repo man come find you somewhere where you're in the grocery store and strand you, and then I don't have to do anything because they took they took involuntary possession, in which case they have to do all the paperwork. Help me, help you, and don't run. I dare you. I will find you. 
Chris, Bill's Mafia is ubiquitous. We're everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, Terry White was DMing us earlier. Do you want to open those up? It's already open. Okay. He got in this morning at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. He DM'd us. Now, Terry White, you guys know, one of our best friends from England, he goes, I'm 201,331 in the queue for Jags tickets, and I'm still ahead of Alex and Hugo. That would be Alex Wormall and Hugo uh, Carmona. Hugo found someone at Bill's Mafia from Irondequoit who added Hugo to his order. By the time I got through hoping to buy Alex's as well as ours, there was one ticket left, and it wouldn't let me have it. I'll hit Ticketmaster tomorrow, so still some hope depending on the queuing system. Two hours, Chris. And that was at 9.30 this morning. Yeah, 7 to 9.30. Fucking wild! Did an international football game... What's gonna happen now? Now, well, now, Bill's Mafia is everywhere. Let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you this: What did we have? Do we have access as far as being season ticket holders? What did that entail on our end? I mean, we did. I didn't because I didn't want to be a dick. Every season ticket holder who goes out there and buys a ticket and doesn't plan on flying, Terry, you've been DMing me for weeks. I'm not coming. I took a new job. Reduction of vacation time my first year. I'm not coming. But here's the thing. Every fan here locally who bought tickets just to resell them, you're part of the problem. Don't do that. It's in, it's bad form. What was that from Movie Hook? Bad form. Bad form. I don't like it. Puts a bad taste in my mouth. I, I, I genuinely believe in the idea that you should allow people to, if you're not going to actually attend, don't profiteer. Save profiteering for the billionaires, take submarines down to the bottom of the ocean, and then fucking blow up. Wait. <laughs> no, that was two days ago. Oh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh about that. It's not funny. That was three or four days ago. Apparently. Yeah, allegedly. Now, now, allegedly, now the Navy knows it was four days ago. And they just didn't tell anybody to let everyone waste their time and resources. And either way, here's what I'll say. I think that be you're you're a heel, right? Like I'm a Chris. I'm not a great person. No, I think you're a bad person if you bought these just to resell them for profit. But I can't stop you from doing that. I'm sure you'll still sleep at night. I just know that when I see this, it's one more thing where I think it's 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 a twofold issue. It's like the training camp ticket issue last year. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Fans freaked out and talked about how they couldn't get their hands on tickets and they were upset about it. The reality is is that our fan base needs to have a shift in perception as far as what our, or maybe expectation is more the term. This fan base needs to have a shift in expectations. You are now one of the biggest draws in football because you have one of the best quarterbacks in football. That's it. So when opportunities for other people outside of Western New York and outside of the Northeast and outside of reasonable traveling distance to come see that quarterback play, when that gets put up for grabs, you have to expect that people will come to see the show. These are not the EJ Manuel Buffalo Bills where you can just wander. 2016. In 2016, there were tickets. Dan Moross. Moross. 
sold his ticket to the Browns game months beforehand, not knowing that the Bills would have a losing record and that we were going to go into a wintry football game with a losing record against a terrible Browns team and that tickets on the secondary market would be available for $15. Whatever his plans were got scuttled, so he showed up to the game after selling his ticket for face value to somebody else. He paid $15, I think it was $18 plus fees, is what he paid to come to that game after he'd already sold his ticket for more than that earlier in the year. And we all sat there in a crowd of 35,000 people where I'll never forget this, Chris. You know Tony, our usher? Yeah. Some kid came and was so hammered that at halftime he just laid down and fell asleep. Now it's December. Fell asleep and laid down on the bleachers. And then the third quarter started, and he was still sleeping, and nobody woke him up because there was so much empty space. He wasn't bothering anyone. It was Major League the movie inside the Bills stadium. We are no longer that football team. Instead, we are the team that people will pay a fucking mint to go see. And you think that if they put that out there internationally, what, you're all just going to sleepwalk into it? No! This is what it is to be a competitive football team. And so we all have to embrace these things. The way me and Chris are bracing ourselves and maybe getting boxed out of the new stadium just because of the numbers, the the seniority game, the numbers game, and what it costs for PSLs. We might get boxed out. Them's the breaks. The team is finally worth a shit. This is what happens, guys. And if you didn't, and if you can't accept it now, then I guess I have to ask you, like, what have you been doing the last 10 years? Have you not been wanting a better football team? Because this is what good, this is the premium having a good football team comes with. And if you've been paying attention to anything around the NFL landscape, you would know that by now. <sighs> I feel like we've been beating these guys down, Chris. I feel like we've been yelling at our own fan base for the last 20 minutes. A mm, couple weeks. I don't know if you were around for the podcast we did last week. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like, it's hard, right? It's hard to be a part of this thing and just like look around and go, wait a minute. I'm a part of this fan base, but also I'm willing to be reasonable. And I'm one of the most unreasonable people. Chris, un- one of the most unreasonable people you've ever met. True or false? Number one. Bang. I threw a beer bottle in traffic. Yeah. Okay. Not a reasonable human being. I'm willing to put reason to the idea that when you have a talented football team that has one of the biggest draws at quarterback in football, because guess what? You can tell me that Joe Burrow is good. Sure. Is Joe Burrow as exciting as Josh Allen? No. I mean... Doesn't pack him out the way he does. I'm going to say yes... But that's only from the time he gets to the stadium and walks to the locker room. <laughs> Have his you seen his outfits? I wouldn't even wear those. Of course, that's what you notice. Another dude's apparel. So you have to accept that change is coming. Yes, it will be difficult. Yes, these these ticketing processes are overwhelmed. There is an overwhelming number of people who want to go see and do these things that we get to enjoy every single Sunday as season ticket holders. 
guys, them's the breaks. We have one of the best football teams in football. We have one of the most exciting talents in football. This comes with the territory, and I'm sorry for everyone who gets harmed by this, who was let down, who feels disappointed, but at the same time, rest easy knowing you have one of the premier talents in all of football. That's it. If there's a silver lining here, it's that. And then while we're talking about tickets, it's worth mentioning. The season ticket holder window for training camp tickets is about to open next week. Last year, I did I did the Lord's work. You know, I went in there, I just reserved tickets for four tickets for every single practice and then tried to give them away. For free, because I'm not a dick. Because again, I feel like profiteering is for assholes. When, Chris, we talked about it. YouTube channel content. From yep. people who are selling those tickets on the secondary market and charging people actual cash... We agree to meet them, we buy the tickets, and then we punk them. And then it becomes like to catch a predator, where we're just like, what, what did you think was going to happen here? Oh, you got pantsed and then schoolboyed, and now that you're laying on the ground, here's a camera, why don't you answer some questions for me about why you thought this was a good idea? That's how I feel about it. Now, obviously, that's in poor taste, but that's how I feel. I look at this this year, and the, the rules have changed. Now, Chris, do you think this will make it more equitable for people? Season ticket holders can't just sweep in and scoop up all the tickets. Yeah, they better not. The rule sell is them. now it's two games. You as a season ticket holder can claim two games, but you get six tickets to each practice. So you can get more people to a single practice, but you can only claim two in advance. And then you can join the regular queue on, you know, whenever. I think the team, like for all the whinging and Chris, we talk about how bitching into the social media ether doesn't doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think the team heard a lot of fans' complaints, and they said, "All right, let's make a more equitable model where there's more tickets available to the average Joe, so that guys who haven't already been like, hey, me and my son are planning a trip and we're going to go to training camp. We booked a hotel, we did this thing, and now all of a sudden there's zero tickets unless I pay some asshole twenty dollars for them." At least there's a chance that they have more shots at at those tickets, right? Yeah. With that being said, I think it's a good thing. I think it shows you that the team is listening to what the fan base is saying. Now, I'm sure in the wake of this London fiasco, they will open up some... They'll, they'll adapt, because I'm sure this won't be the last international game we play, as long as we have Josh Allen. They will adapt and they'll find new ways to kind of spin this ticket model. They'll work with the NFL on it. They'll figure it out. With that said, usually we go out there, we get the tickets, and we give them away to you guys. I only have two weeks this year. But what I know is I'm going to work with my fellow season ticket holders, both in content creation and out, to find out who's going where, who wants to go to what, I will put together tickets. I will. And so with that in mind, at Rockpile Report on Twitter, if you find yourself boxed out of a day, reach out to us. I can't promise the world, but what I can promise you is that I will try my best to get people who want to go to the practice, to, to a practice they can attend. Because, like, I took my kid to one. 
I'm getting to watch Jack hit that. He's two years old. He sat with me in the stands. He cheered. He didn't really know what he was cheering for. And then he ran the kid's course. And to watch him take on a tackling dummy with really great form brought a tear to my eye. And I go, I wish other parents could get a handle on that. I wish they could get a taste of what I'm feeling right now. I love it. I love that concept, and I want to be able to pass that on to you guys, our listeners. So, again, at Rockpile Report, dates, times, there's something. If you know you want to go, get a hold of me now. I will network with my other fellow season ticket holders, and we can see if we can't put it together for you. Chris, who else does that for their fans? A lot of people. (laughs) But are any of them as dapper as we are? You're not dapper. Who? Jesus Christ, I can keep going down this, but I know how it's going to go. Listen, guys, we're not great. We're just dudes. We're just two dudes. One of us has bad hair. One of us has bad teeth. But together, I think we put together a pretty good podcast. And with that in mind, that's Chris Krueger. I'm Drew Gear. This has been your Rock Report. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.